You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I have a question for you. Were your supplements made before or after your DNA test results? Let me introduce you to Euphoria. Euphoria is the one and only company to offer personalized designer nutrition created specifically for you based upon your DNA profile. How is Euphoria's DNA test different? Euphoria's DNA test unlocks the secrets to your actionable genes and their influence on your body. These actionable genes are called SNPs or SNPs. And with nearly 400 million unique formulas, this is your very own customized nutritional supplement. With Euphoria, you get to say bye to one size fits all blind nutrition and hello to customized nutrition made specifically for you and your DNA. And it is so custom that even the barcode has your name on it. No formula is exactly the same. Interested in learning more about Euphoria? Check out the show notes of this episode, or you can visit our website at www.flauntyourfire.com show and all the details that you need to find out more about their unique process and unique supplement will be there waiting for you. Welcome back to the Flaunt Your Fire show, where we explore what it means to be your whole self in person and online as you unapologetically flaunt the fire that burns within you. I am your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, India Jackson. And if I sound congested today, you're right. I am super congested. My allergies are in like full effect. So I apologize. (laughs) It hopefully it doesn't sound as bad as it feels. Anyway. Today's episode is sponsored by you, our amazing listeners. You are able to support the show by visiting flauntyourfire.com slash show. And I'm so honored and so grateful that many of you have already started making donations to keep the show on the road. And as a thank you, I love coming on here and allowing you guys to ask a quick question after you donate. 
and I provide a quick answer. So that's what today's episode is all about is I'm answering some questions that our sponsors and supporters have asked. So question number one comes from somebody who's going to be retiring within the next year. They want to start their own business and they're wanting to know how and when do you start to grow your audience when you're making a pivot or creating a new business? And my answer to that is now. The when is now. Start today. That is always going to be my recommendation. And there's many reasons why. So I'll go into that in a second. But how? How you can do that? The easiest path of least resistance is to talk to the friends and family you already speak to every day and tell them your plans. Tell them that when you retire, you want to start a business that does X. And in this business, you want to serve people who have this challenge. And here's the services that you want to provide. And it'll allow you, so this is the why you want to start today, allow you an entire year to work on your messaging and your elevator pitch. The more you get to talk about your business, the more you'll see what it feels good to say, what sparks more questions and meaningful conversation, what does not, what doesn't feel good to say. And it will allow you to really start to hone in on what I like to call your elevator pitch, but also some of the content that you'll be releasing as you start the business. Um, I'll also add to that your colleagues might be a great place to begin to talk to people as well. Just keep in mind that if you are under a non-compete contract and you are starting a business that does something similar to what you currently do with your current company you're going to retire from, you may not want to talk to your colleagues about it in that case. That might be not such a good thing. But um, another way you can do this, so another how is you can show up and start to have some of these conversations online about the industry. So even if you have that non-compete contract, As long as you're not taking in business, and I definitely review it to be on the safe side, but you should be able to talk about your view of the industry or um, how the industry is changing. That can begin to generate you some organic reach on social media, your platform of choice. I think for a lot of business owners, LinkedIn is going to be a great place to start because you probably already have a LinkedIn knowing that you're working for someone else. And it can begin to grow your audience in a very authentic and organic way. So that way, when you get ready to launch, you have some people that are prepared to buy. Also, in talking to the friends, family, and colleagues, you have some people that are prepared to refer business to you. Some of the best clients come from referrals from friends, family, and other business professionals. So it will set your business up for success. And last but not least, if you want some bonus points, you can start to look at services like uh, Eventbrite. There's also Meetup and things like that. And conventions if you have vacation leave that you like to burn through. And start to go and meet some new people offline at in-person events. Uh, I find that sometimes in-person events can build some really great and strong relationships that lead to podcast interviews, that lead to referrals, that lead to new opportunities. There's nothing that says that you have to wait for retirement to start building your brand. Okay, our next question comes from somebody who is wanting to know, do I recommend that their child who's probably, if I had to guess, between 18 to 25, should go to school for photography um, as a part of their university education? And my answer to them is nine times out of 10, it's going to be no. Okay. And the reason why is I feel like at such a young age, 
the number one thing is probably going to be getting your skills and your quality of work and your portfolio up to par. And I don't necessarily think that that happens in the classroom. Um, I have a funny story and I'll breeze through it really quickly. Maybe I'll share the longer version one day. But my college professor, Sam Holden, who was a working professional photographer photographing everything from the Baltimore Ravens to the Baltimore Sun newspaper to Baltimore Magazine to lots and lots of musicians. Um, he was very well known in the industry. Rest in peace. We miss him so much. Uh, incredible photographer and educator. But note that I said he was a photographer first. So he only taught one or two classes. Um as a professor, you know, he leaned into me after reviewing my portfolio during my last portfolio review of his class, which was also one of my last semesters in college. I was about to graduate. And he asked me, what did you learn in my class this semester? And I paused for a second and I had to think about it really hard. <laughs> it was like, well, if I say what I really want to say, which is nothing, I'm probably going to get an F. So what the hell do I say? So after an awkward pause, I said, I learned how to turn things in on time and meet deadlines and make sure that I finish my projects. And that was a truthful answer. I really did learn that in college. It's a valuable answer, a valuable lesson, but I don't think it's a $60,000 lesson. You know, you pay a lot of money to go to and get a degree. That's not probably the lesson that you want to take away from it. (laughs) So I had to lighten the mood a little bit. He leans in and says, oh, come on, India, you don't got to lie. You didn't learn shit in my class. He was like, it's okay. I'm giving you an A because you deserve it. What I really want to know is what do we need to change about this program so that students like you actually learn something? And I think that's an important takeaway as to why I'm saying no is that I do believe that many photography programs, many art and design programs, they're broken. They know that most people going into these fields, whether it's fashion design, painting, photography, are going to start their own business. And yet there's not one business class. So you have students graduating that don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to um, make sure they're getting an ROI. They don't even really know how to look at their numbers when it comes to accounting. And this is a problem because being able to like do really great quality work is important to get the job. But if we don't know how to run a business, We might be back at it being hobby status. It's not going to pay our bills. So my advice to you is, especially considering this person is probably between 17, 25, 18, 24-ish, they may change their mind about what they want to do a couple times while they're in school too. I would look at a degree that has more flexibility, like a, a degree in business administration, business management, or accounting, because if they decide years from now they don't want to do photography anymore, but maybe they want to do fashion design, or maybe they've just like completely shifted into something totally different, like technology, you can still apply an accounting degree to doing accounting for a technology company or a business degree for being a business manager or working in um, business planning and strategy for whatever other industry that they want to work in or any other business they may want to start. So that gives you kind of job security, like to say like at some point if they decide to work for someone else instead of doing their own thing, but it also gives them more flexibility if they change their mind. And so what do they do while they're studying this other degree? Take on as many different kinds of photography jobs as possible, even if you only charge $25, $50, 
as your first few projects and slowly increase your rates, charge something, but get your practice in because I think that people can say to niche down and I don't believe in that from the beginning. I think that if you niche down too soon, you might be losing valuable skills. So give you an example early on, I took on weddings, I took on sports photography, I took on candids and yearbooks for high schools (laughs) at their live events. Um, because all of these things taught me a valuable skill that I may not have otherwise had, which is how to get the shot when you can't ask the person to do the thing again, like you can in studio and portraiture work. Where this comes into play now is when I'm training my team on doing event photography for public speakers or um, covering just different kinds of like live candid things, such as a business coach offering a workshop and capturing candidates of that. You really don't want to be disruptive and ask them to do something again, like yikes. So all of those skills that I learned in the other areas that are not necessarily what we do today come into play. They're still kind of learning how to be quick on your toes. I hope that is helpful. Um, And I am definitely wishing them like an amazing college journey. There's so many benefits to getting that degree and there's so much that they can do with it. But I am going to say, for all intents and purposes, probably not a photography or art and design degree. Okay, so que- our last question for today comes from somebody, and they're asking, do I have any recommendations for starting uh, a career in bodybuilding? They want to become a bodybuilder and start their transformation, and they're looking for who to work with as far as being a personal trainer and just looking for guidance in that arena. I get this question a lot because... Probably because uh, my personal brand, India Jackson, or the India Jackson on Instagram, is very well known for doing bodybuilding and being about body positivity and just really letting people see that you have a lot of options as far as what your nutrition can be. You don't have to eat a meat based diet in order to build muscle. And uh, if you're listening and you're not looking to be a bodybuilder, I'm going to say that this advice will still apply to you because this time of year, many people are thinking about lifestyle change and they're thinking about weight loss and there's a lot of messaging out there to make you feel like you need to do these things. And these things are great, but I'm going to say that my advice, step number one is to get clear on your why. Why do you want to lose weight for this bodybuilder? Why do you want to do bodybuilding? Um, Getting really clear. How can you do that? You can talk into a voice recorder. You can talk it out with a friend. You can write it out, pen and notebook, um, or you can type it on the computer. Whatever feels good for you, whichever is going to allow you to show up as your whole self with that answer, but get crystal clear on your why. And I say this because in bodybuilding, people can get their own version of shiny object syndrome, which typically is a trophy or the pro card. Pro card means that um, they've been drug tested and they won first place in a show overall and they have been honored the status of being a pro. And I find that a lot of people um, that get the shiny trophy syndrome or shiny uh, pro card syndrome, <laughs> they forget their why. And so having something that you can reflect back on because you got clear about it before you started this journey is super helpful. Nine times out of 10, you're doing this because you want to inspire people or because you want to influence your family to get healthy or you want to, in my case, show people that you can do this without meat 
or also like I wanted to be able to understand the emotional experience that my clients were having beyond just what you could physically see. And that had nothing to do with winning a trophy. It had nothing to do with being a pro status. Um, And so it gives you a baseline to check yourself. For those of you listening that are like, I want to lose some weight or I want a lifestyle change, remember your why behind that too. Is it that you want to be here longer for your kids? Is it that you want to be able to do more physical activities with them? Is it that you... um, want to inspire your family to be healthier. Again, these things all come into play because what you don't want to position yourself to do is to not have a clear why. And every time you step on that scale and it hasn't moved or it's gone up, you're now going into body dysmorphia. You're now going into depression about the number and attachment to that number. Because guess what? Healthy doesn't really have a number in my opinion. I'm also going to consider a little bit of a mindset reframe for you. So rather than think of looking outside for suggestions, which that's a great place to start. It's better than like having no idea about something and trying to figure it on your own. But I want to empower you to to make your own choice. So for anybody who's ever received a recommendation from me when they've asked, they can tell you I always recommend at least two people, preferably up to five, so that you are empowered to make your own choice. Because if I only give you one option, you're just going off of what feels good for me or what I think. But what feels good for me or what I think might be different than it is for you. So With you being clear in your why, you can now have something to measure this why up to when you start talking to people. So if you were to hire somebody on the team of your job, you would interview them, right? Well, we want to do the same thing when we're thinking about hiring somebody on the team of your health. This is your health squad. This is your your body transformation team. This is your lifestyle transformation team. You definitely want to hire them. Um, What they're going to work with you on is going to have impact so much beyond how you look. And so treating this almost like a job interview, I mean, lightly, and I say that like jokingly, but you do want to interview these people. You want to ask them good questions. You want to find out more about who they've worked with in the past, what kind of results have they've gotten these people, um, where are they now, where are these clients like and their results now. A year from now, are some of the clients that no longer work with them still healthy? You know, are they still fit? Are they still happy? Or did they gain all the weight back and then some? These are some things to kind of consider in what you ask them, but also the research that you do on your own. So I'm giving you full permission to lightly stalk (laughs) them and their past clients on Instagram. That is a smart thing to do. And the last tip that I'll give you is to educate yourself. One of the biggest pieces of advice I I can say is to know the difference between a personal trainer and a nutritionist. These are not always the same human. Personal trainers have a personal training certification. Nutritionists have a nutrition certification. And some people are parading around with neither and giving people nutrition plans, personal training, you name it. So be mindful, be careful. Because when we start to play around with these things with people who are not certified, your risk of getting long-term metabolic damage from your nutrition plan is higher. If you have a personal trainer, 
making a nutrition plan who's not certified nutrition. Your risk for women of not being able to have children or your hormones causing long-term damage to your thyroid is going to be higher from somebody who's not certified in nutrition. Also, when it comes to the gym, you know, somebody who doesn't really understand biomechanics, their certification is either non-existent or it's incredibly old and they haven't renewed in years may not understand biomechanics as well as you may need. And so then you may risk injury. You may risk them overtraining you, which is a real thing and can cause some problems too. Um, also with bodybuilders, you're dealing with posing and uh, for a stage. So no, having somebody who understands that you can't pose the same side over and over again, or now you're going to start to throw off your biomechanics as far as your hip placement and your spine placement, which... I have been there and done that and can cause long-term back and hip injuries. So these are some areas to get some education on as you go into this arena and to just be mindful of as you're making your selections, but ultimately the choice is yours. Now for this particular listener, I will be giving you some recommendations, so check your inbox, but I am going to say to please take my advice, educate yourself, get clear on your why. And check, decide for yourself like who you want to work with based on who fits your why the most. Because again, that person who is like wanting to get people quick, quick results might not be the person for you if you want long-term lifestyle change. All right. I am so excited to be able to answer these questions for you guys, I, especially because I know so many people listening probably have similar questions. So not only does it help the listeners that asked, but it also helps additional ones as well. And if you're listening to this episode and you'd like me to answer your question, feel free to head over to fontyourfire.com show. Go ahead and submit it there. And I will be more than happy to give you a quick answer here on the podcast. And I want to wrap this up by bringing it back to a conversation I had with Erica Corday last week. Last week, we were talking about ideal client profiles, and we were talking about how getting clear on who you want to work with as a business owner is so important and understanding that beyond just their age, their sex, etc. matters because it allows you to have a bigger overarching theme of who you want to attract and how you can serve them best. And it also brings you back to having a business that feels good for you to show up in every day. But this episode has really reminded me of something that I want to remind you of as well, is that knowing your ideal client is so much bigger than who you want to work with, meaning who your customers are. It's also allows you room for clarity on who you want to work with you. You know, it's a two-way street. So to this bodybuilder, to this parent looking for the university, and also to the person who's looking to retire and start their own business. Consider the conversation we had on the last episode as one that you want to listen to, because I think getting really clear on your values will help you better understand how you vote with who you want to give your dollars to as well. So say, for example, for this parent who's looking to get their kid into college, If you know that you value certain things and those certain things are important to you and your child, then it also is going to shift which school you look at because a school that doesn't support equal pay for women, but that's something that you care about, is probably not going to be the school you want to invest your money in because 
let's be honest, you're supporting a school that has the exact opposite values of you. So this also goes back to that bodybuilder. You know, if you're looking to support healthier long-term lifestyle, and this is a cause that's important for you, it's the messaging that you want to bring to the table for your friends and family, even if you don't own a business, then you don't necessarily want to invest your dollars into a personal trainer or a nutrition coach or both. Um, because sometimes I think it's a great idea to have a separate personal trainer from your nutrition person. Anyway, um, you want to make sure that the person that you choose in that arena also cares about long-term health. If that's something that they are not necessarily caring about, then that might not be where you want to invest your money. And back to the person that's retiring and starting their own business and starting to have conversations about what services they're going to provide and how much they're going to charge and what exactly this business is going to do. It's the same thing. Like you don't necessarily want to waste time getting referrals from people who don't care about what you do because the referrals that come from them might also be other people that don't respect your values. And um, I think being able to have conversation as this retiring person is starting to build this business um, and starting to kind of get their messaging and elevator pitches out there and refine them to be able to start to have conversations around your why, around your values, around the causes that matter to you, around what you stand for, and also what you stand against is going to better be able to attract the right people, as I say, your people to you. All right. So if you're listening to this podcast episode and that just resonated with you, please double back and listen to the previous episode with Erica Corday, where we talk about getting clear on ethical ideal client profiles, what that means. And by the time this episode goes live, you still have just a few days, very few to join us on January 16th, 2020 for our ideal client magnet workshop. This is a virtual workshop. It takes place over an app called Zoom. If you've never heard of Zoom, it's a lot like Skype or like FaceTime where you can come in with us. You can get all the juiciness that we're going to talk about. And then towards the end, we're going to give you plenty of time to have live questions and answers with us so we can get clear on exactly what these values are. If that is interesting to you as well, you can find out more information about it at montyourfire.com slash events, or you can check out the show notes and I will have a link in there for you as well to get signed up while seats still last. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly 
This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?